Good Sunday morning. I'm Jaden Jefferson, and welcome to this week's Community Focus. As we close out Black History Month, I'm being joined by Carrie Twig, a former White House official who now serves as the co-founder of Culture House Media, which specializes in underrepresented stories. Take a look at our conversation. Yeah, so The Hair Tales is a um, multi-part series that we made alongside Hulu and OWN, Oprah Winfrey Network, um, that was also executive produced and, and hosted by Tracy Ellis Ross. And it's really an exploration of Black women and Black people in general and all of the traditions and rituals that go into our hair and the way that that shapes and informs our lives and shapes and orients our communities. Um, you know, if you ask someone who did their hair when they were growing up, you you get a real intimate answer and picture of who their family is and how it was organized. And there's a commonality there um, that is really kind of directly specific to us as Black folks. Um, and, and it's often, our hair is often the site of some of our first lessons, you know, it's our first sort of place where our parents are giving us sort of all the kind of talks that we'll need to help prepare us for the world and where you hear gossip sometimes and maybe some conversations that are a little bit grown for you and, and the way that care and love show up in our lives and, and are passed down through generations. So we really wanted to make a show that honored that and 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 hair is is the vehicle and the place that allows us to really tell such a rich story. So Tracy interviewed six other black women about their hair, their experience growing up and, and what their hair journey was. Um, and it was just powerful and moving and we had so much fun making it and are, are so proud of it. And there will be people out there that haven't had this experience with hair that will wonder, what's the point of a documentary about hair? Yeah, it's a lens to understand Black women's lives and, and particularly these six individuals' lives. So you have Oprah talking about how, you know, she had a little Afro when she was on the Baltimore local news and, and the way that viewers and her coworkers would respond to that um, and how they sent her somewhere to get her hair straightened and it made her hair fall out. Um, you have I Rep Congresswoman Ayanna Presley talking about her um, alopecia and the fact that she doesn't have um, hair anymore and what that meant, but what it meant growing up and who what it is for her to show up authentically as herself. You know, we talk about the ways that hair is both a can be both a um, a way of protecting ourselves and a way of expressing ourselves. And so it's just a vector through which you can understand individuals' lives and how they show up in the world. And this, the, we all have something, right? We all have something about ourselves or our personalities that lead and help people understand who we are, where we come from and how we fit in the broader world around us. And so for black women, a lot of times, um, but black people in general, hair can be this thing that really communicates correctly or incorrectly something about them um, and ways that are they're projected onto. And so it's a valuable way of understanding a person and giving you a subject that ends up being very revealing and expansive about who folks are. And there's now even laws that are protecting Black hair because in some spaces, people were still being discriminated against on the basis of their hair. Talk about that impact of just now us having this conversation and saying, look, people have hair and now let's accept that for everyone. Yeah, I think that that has been a reality that Black people have 
encountered for the duration of our time in this place and in this uh, kind of culture. And that for ourselves has ebbed and flowed, right? You'd look back at the black power movement. And so you had people growing out their afros and wearing their hair in natural style. So this isn't, the moment that we're in isn't the first time that that pushback has been articulated broadly in society. Um, I think what's interesting about it now is if you want to wear your hair straight, you should do that. And But you should do it only because that's what you want and what you want for your body and your look, not because your boss thinks that otherwise it's unacceptable for you to show up that way or your swim coach or your wrestling coach. Um, hair is often a site of ways that our bodies are policed. That has also always been the case. And so there's meaningful legislation that's had to be introduced to make sure that that is codified as a protection. But the think the moment that we're in is really an expansive one where it's like, we should you should have all the freedom and all the autonomy to make whatever choice you want as many times as you want. You can have curly hair today. You can have your hair in cornrows tomorrow. You can have your hair in a weave or flattened out the day after that, it's it's about having as many options and having the freedom that really expresses all the extraordinary versatility and dexterity uh, that our hair naturally allows. And it's great that we're talking about legislation because the Crown Act, of course, is a big part of that. But then there's also the experience that you have in government. So kind of speak to that experience and how it plays into your current role heading up a media company. Yeah, so I I worked, um, I grew up in Ohio, I worked on a lot of campaigns there and ultimately worked for Barack Obama in the White House for many years. Um, and sort of had my own experience where I had a bunch of aunties asking me whether or not I was straightening my hair before I went to work. And I was like, no, you know. <laughs> uh, because we are not, the idea around respectability of our hair is not only um, been perpetrated on us by white folks. We have absorbed a lot of that and repeated a lot of those, those, um, those expectations and limitations, I would say. Um, and so, but I am someone who has always wanted to change and shape the American culture to be more fair, to be more reflective of the country that it actually is, to center and to prioritize and um, emphasize the lived experiences of everyone in this country, including Black people, including women of color, including queer people, including everyone who has been historically marginalized, Indigenous people. Um, and so to do that, you have to participate and you have to show up. And so I was someone who worked for the governor of Ohio when I was young, who ultimately, again, worked in the White House and saw firsthand the way that legislation is one of the ways that we are able to bring ideas to scale. It's one of the ways that you are able to really ensure that an idea that you know to be fair, right, just, um, or compelling is able to be implemented across the, across the land. So things like the Crown Act allow a meaningful vehicle to have a conversation about what is still happening to Black folks in day-to-day -day lives and the ways in which they are discriminated against and why they deserve to be protected. For all of the progress that we have made, there is always still more to go, and that is always the case no matter what. And laws help us benchmark in time the progress that we are making or the progress that we haven't made yet. And it's in your company's name, Culture. Culture House Media. And so talk about the culture itself, because 
The thing is, we have a lot of stories that are underrepresented. And so now in this role, you're able to tell stories that oftentimes aren't told. And so what has that experience been like for you personally? Yeah, you know, I think I think what I've come to realize is that I've been in storytelling for a lot longer than I realized. I've only officially been in, in entertainment for about six years. But politics is a storytelling exercise. Campaigns are a storytelling exercise. And one of the issues that I that actually led me into this work was being at the White House and being out in the world, working at the White House and going and visiting family or being somewhere in the country and people didn't know what we were doing. And we had the most popular man as, in, in the world as president and people couldn't accurately reflect back what it was that we were prioritizing and focused on. And it was because they were watching other things, you know, they were, they were watching TV, but they just weren't watching us on TV. And so our conversations about what America is and what it's like to live here and for whom and who lives here are not necessarily being reflected in entertainment in the same way that they were in politics and government. And so part of me being drawn into entertainment in addition to wanting to make art and have fun with my friends is really about doing the same work I was doing in government, which is how do you make a landscape, a media landscape or a political landscape more inclusive and more reflective? You know, I think that we have done a, you know, black folks in particular have, have punched above their weight class in, in culture in a lot of different sectors, um, certainly in sports, certainly in music, um, we are in fashion. It, it is sort of known that we move and drive culture in those areas, but there's a lot of places where our stories haven't been told or they've been told in one particular way. In documentary and a lot of scripted TV, you see the same characters over and over and over again, and it's time for a more expansive vision of what that could be. And there's a lot of really talented filmmakers and writers and documentarians who are doing that work. It's not just me alone, but you think about the Issa's, Issa Rays of the world, you think about the Donald Glovers of the world, like people are making extraordinary work and making extraordinary projects. And so there's so much out there, but it's, it you know, there's hundreds of shows made every year. And so we are constantly increasing the number of them that reflect uh, the most expansive vision of blackness possible. And it's funny you mentioned Issa Rae because I just started Insecure this week. I okay. know. Party. So we're a little late, but I guess, you know, better late than never. But mm -hmm. while I have you, I do want to play a little game with you. So I know word association is always fun. And so I'm going to give you a word and then you can respond with the word that comes to mind and give an explanation if you like, but just kind of a fun way to open this up a little bit. So okay. let's, start with, let's start with culture. Culture, culture house, <laughs> um, art, ideas, agreement, um, scale, the future. Black. Beautiful, expansive, visionary, revolutionary, powerful. History. The present. Uh, the possibility, um, knowledge, understanding, nonlinear, America, contradiction, um, the best and the worst, um, dynamic, delusional, 
<laughs> uh, complex. Storyteller. Human. Foundational. Uh, unlimited. Everywhere. Everything. Human. You're really good at this, Jaden. Um, human, alive, love, complex, changing, mercurial, special, sacred. And finally, representation. Fairness, powerful. Um, inclusive. Um, there's another word. What is it? What is it? Determinative. And to end this interview, I know Black History Month is like a short 28 days. This year, it's a leap year. We get one extra day. Woohoo! But people oftentimes, after the month's over, they forget that it even happened. They forget all the history, the stories that are told. And so what message would you leave people this Black History Month that they can carry with them throughout the year? You know, I think that you hear people say this, but it's like Black History Month is every month. Black history, I think it's important to have a month to reflect. I think that's valuable. I think that the rest of the month, I think we should be thinking about the Black present and the Black future. And um, the history, the, the world that we're gonna live in in 10 years is being made today. And so we are alive in history at all times and we are making history at all times and we have to think and make choices and keep our stamina up for the work of shaping the world of the future because we are, we are black history. Carrie Twig, co-founder of Culture House Media, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Jaden. Mm -hmm.